Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here. And we pray that you get something powerful from today's sermon. Thank you. Good morning. Don't need this this morning. We'll throw this somewhere. There you can hold your phone with that, Jared. Thanks, guys. Great job this morning. Lockie, thank you for your thoughts as well. And I'm with you. Um, next uh, Saturday, we will be cheering for the Swans. <laughs> I'm assuming we'll have less friends next uh, Sunday morning, but that's the price you pay, isn't it? Um, one of those things. Hey, we're here this morning to meet with God. And we're starting a new series called simply, I Give Up. And can I say right from the outset, unless you give up, you can't meet God. It's contrary to our nature to want to give up. It's sort of like we want to push on. But the reality is this, unless you're prepared to give up, you will never get to meet with him. Do you know, uh, <clears throat> from time to time, and this will probably either reinforce your perception of me or change your perception of me, but from, we've got a table tennis table at home. Kids gave it to us one Christmas. And so from time to time, Ruth and I will play table tennis with one another. I don't like playing table tennis with Ruth because she beats me. And so it's not good for my ego, it's not good for my pride, but nonetheless we play. And so I, I, I play the long game. And, and you know, when Ruth is, Ruth is um, ready to go and she's playing at the start, she beats me every time. The only way I win is through psychological warfare <laughs> and endurance. I know if I can keep playing her until she's so tired, she makes mistakes, and I can verbalize her in the process, then I've got a chance of coming back. So, and we don't play a defined number of games. We play the number of games necessary for me to rebalance the scores. That's how it works. And, uh, and eventually, I'm happy to stop once the number on my side is higher than the number on her side. And she's, every time she says, you always do this, it's not fair, la, 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 la. Well, she should know that I do it, because years ago, <clears throat> we would go on holidays, and often, wherever you went, caravan parks, some places had tennis courts. Now, when we play tennis, if I play tennis with Ruth, she always wins. It's really frustrating, this. But often, I would be happy to play tennis when it was about 30 degrees, so it's really hot. And the strategy I used was exactly the same. I know when she starts, she'll be fresh and energetic, but I know I can go longer. And so what we do is we play. She goes, can't I just get a drink? No, 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 no. We're going to keep playing. <laughs> I don't care if it's seven set series, whatever it takes. I know it's just a matter of time. If I persist, then I'm going to win. <laughs> Might be unusual scores. Now, but the goal is this, it's to get her to a place where she's so tired that she's willing to give up and then I know I can win. Now you might say, that's terrible, how could you do that to your wife? Well, 
it's called pride. <laughs> it's like live with winning or live with losing. And sometimes you've got to play the game to win. Now, whether you realise it or not, you're all in the same game. And the strategy that the enemy uses, the same one that I use against Ruth when I'm playing table tennis or tennis, the strategy that the enemy uses is the same one he plays against you. He knows if he can play long enough, if he can persist long enough, there will come a point at which you just, you start to lose. You can't tolerate it anymore. It works for me like with um, chocolates or wagon wheels or licorice. As a matter of fact, most foods, you, you leave them in front of me long enough and my goal is simply to remove the temptation. How I remove the temptation is I swallow it. I just, it, I, I can resist for a, a fair amount of time, but the best way to get rid of temptation, I believe, is to eat it, and then it can no longer affect me anymore. The reality is, though, if it sits there, it's just a matter of time before it works on me to the place where I give in to whatever that temptation might be. And giving up sounds like a negative thing, but I want to talk to you this morning and over the next few weeks about giving up. Because the reality is, like I said at the start, the only way you're going to improve in your relationship with God is by giving up. Because as I've already explained, you know, my strategy based on my pride to win in table tennis or tennis is, is, is it's wrong. It's, it's not right. But it's the strategy that the enemy uses against you. And too often what you try and do is you try and fight the enemy in your own strength rather than giving it up. Let's look at the, the phrase just for a moment. It says, I give up. Not complex, is it? But usually when we're giving up, we're not thinking of that phrase. The truth is, if you're praying, you're supposed to be giving up. You're supposed to be taking what concerns you and you're supposed to be giving it up to God. Usually when we say, I give up, what we're actually doing is we're throwing in the towel. That's a more appropriate phrase for what's taking place. But, but for all of us, we need to understand there's a complex process that takes place internally and externally when we go through this. You apply yourself to something and often circumstances, tiredness or your opponent will work you towards a place where you simply want to throw in the towel. Ultimately it's the one that endures that wins and you know in Matthew 24 and verse 13 that won't come up, Jesus talking about the end of time and he says, he who endures to the end will be saved. What Jesus is saying, and Jared said it before, we're in a battle. A and our endurance actually matters in this battle. Your ability to continue actually matters. I just want to read out a list of a few different things that we can give up in. We can give up in a competition. Some of you have played cards with one another. Do you know, I used to like playing Monopoly. My strategy is exactly the same. We just play and play and play until everyone else wants to walk away from the game because it's gone too long. you just got to hope that you stay in the game long enough for that to be the case. 
Someone else said, yeah, down there. <laughs> and so, you know, we can give up in a competition. We can give up in an argument. How many of you have been in an argument and just thought, oh, I couldn't be bothered with this anymore? Whatever, it doesn't matter. Maybe you give up in a pursuit. You know, I do that fairly quickly. <laughs> if it comes to chasing somebody, it's, it's fine if it's very short distance. But if it's in the long distance and they've got any skills, I think, oh, I'm not going to chase them. Why would I lower myself to that level? What I'm really saying is I know I'm not going to be able to keep up, so better to give up now. Often we get to a place where we want to give up in our jobs or our vocation. And, you know, uh, more so in the States, but uh, it's definitely the case here too. You know, they call it the great resignation. People are leaving what they used to do and then looking for something else. There's a, an evaluation taking place and they're saying, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why, why, why am I giving so much of my time to this, whereas I don't need to anymore? You know, people give up in a relationship not just talking about uh, relationship between two people, uh, male and female, a romantic relationship, but they give up on relationships of all sorts. It might be a, just, I can't be bothered with Jared and his New Zealand jokes anymore. You know, <laughs> I give up. <laughs> not really. <laughs> I actually enjoy it. But, but there are people, you know, maybe people in your workplace, you know, I just give up. I just, it's, it doesn't matter what I say, what I do, it's just never going to work. We can give up on an addiction, and, um, and that can be more difficult. You know, an addiction is something that grabs a hold of you, and it takes you down the path that it wants to take you on. And uh, giving up an addiction is a whole different sort of thing. We can give up on a habit. A habit might not be an addiction, but habits are difficult as well. You know, some of us still comb our hair in the morning. Some of us, no, I don't. <laughs> don't do that. I do wash my hair, believe it or not. And, uh, my shampoo lasts a long, long, long time. <laughs> but what other habits have you got? Do, do you know when I was little, mum and dad are to blame for this. They used to feed me wheat bix for breakfast. Do you know how long it took to break that habit? It's just like, it was like, well, I haven't had breakfast if I haven't had wheat bix It's mum and dad's fault, or Vitabrits, I think it was. But you have habits as well. It might be what you say, what you do, it might be the routine you have day by day. And to change a habit can be very, very difficult. And um, it's not until we're willing to give up on that habit that we can really see a difference being made. Sometimes we give up on a person. We set our hopes on somebody doing something or being something for us and then we get to a point where we give up on, the, uh, on them as well. It may be a, a sinful expedition something that we know we ought not to be doing, but we keep doing it anyway. And it's a very good thing for us to give up on. Some people have given up on the church, and statistically we know across the country, but across the Western world, that a significant number of people during COVID stopped going to church, and some of them stopped being the church, and they've given up on, it, on the whole thing altogether. And, you know, sometimes it's because they've gone through a process of rationalising what they do. Other times is they've just got out of the habit and they justify the change in their mind. Some people have given up on God. 
You know, as you get older, there are dreams that you give up on as well. Some of you started life out, and as you grew, you had a dream of doing this or doing that, and some of you have given up on those dreams. And some of you, some of you should give up on those dreams because you can't do them anymore. You know, if you're you know, past 60, there are some things you can't do at 60 that you used to be able to do when you were 20. I was speaking to a guy through the week and he was telling me about the aches and pains in his body and he's, he's just getting older and he just needs to give up some of, the, some of the things that he used to do because he's in a place where he no longer can do them. He's got to realise that. Sadly, some people give up on life. And you know, there are always tragic stories where people uh, take their lives They've given up on life for what, whatever reason. But there are others who live their life having given up on life anyway. It's like they no longer care anymore. It's like everything's somehow not worth it. You know, ultimately a relationship with God is triggered by our response to the gospel. The good news. Can I say this? Our response to the gospel is a give-up moment. It's actually a, a point in time where God is asking us to give up our effort, to give up our sin, to give up our, our idea that somehow we can make the grade. And what we're actually doing is conceding defeat in the hope that he will win for us. That's what the good news is all about. The good news is you no longer have to strive. The good news is that you no longer have to make the grade. The good news is that you no longer have to measure up to something that you'll never, never ever measure up to. And so if there's a, a moment that I want you to have, it's, it's, a, it, it's a reminder. And you know, even though many of us follow Christ now, we need to keep remembering that the gospel is about us giving up. It's about us handing over. When we talk about making Jesus Lord and Savior of our life, we're actually saying, I'm no longer in control of my life. I'm handing it over to the one who I know has authority and can give me the wisdom and direction that I need. So it's a give up moment, but it's a good give up moment. And it gives you freedom. The sad thing is this, as we go through life, too often we forget the give up moment that is the, the point at which we receive the gospel. And we get back into a habit of trying to work our way in, in, into approval or work our way to a place where we think we're good enough. You'll never be good enough. And I don't say that to be nasty or to hurt you, but you will never, ever, all your efforts, your best efforts will never be good enough. That's why Christ has come, to enable you to be completely accepted just as you are. I've said it before, but prayer is a give-up moment. It's a moment in time where you say to God, I give up to you my concerns. I give up to you my worries. I give up to you my pain or my panic. Prayer is supposed to be a point at which you offload the thing that is burdening you down. 
and you literally take it from you and give it up to him. To one who is trustworthy, to one who is able to carry the pressure that you were unable to carry. For there's a point in time where you're actually accepting that it is beyond you to make the difference and you need someone else to make the difference. 1 Peter 5 verse 2 says this, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I said it recently, but I'll say it again because I think it's so important. You know, sometimes when we talk about casting, we're talking about shaping something. Other times we're talking about like when you're fishing, and I'm no fish person, you're casting something into the, into the ocean or into a river. And both are important when you're casting your anxiety on God. When you're giving it to him, you need to shape it. You need to know what it is that you're giving up. And you need to be ready to also tra uh, transfer it to him. Shaping is important. Why? Because you can't be relieved of something you don't know that you're being relieved of. It, it, it's like you can't give up something if you can't articulate it. It doesn't give you the psychological benefit that is important. It's like uh, you've got to be able to shape it so that you can hand it to him so that he can take it on your behalf. But you literally need to put distance between yourself and the thing that you're concerned for as well. Often when we pray, we're praying about things that are really, really important to us. And so the challenge of casting our anxiety on him becomes very, very difficult because it's like we, we care so much that we don't think that he cares enough. It's like... You're concerned about something in, in, in such a way that, that it, it's gripped you and you have also gripped it. And yet when it comes to prayer, the intention is that you will hand it over to somebody who's more trustworthy and more capable and more able. And the intention is that as you cast that thing to, onto God, that you are relieved as a result of the process that you go through. And then finally, you know, making an attempt to adjust your behavior in response to God is a give up moment. When you decide to stop doing something you ought not to be doing, it's a give up moment. And the process of becoming more like Christ is a series of those things. We give up on some of our thinking. We give up on some of our actions. We give up on some of our attitudes. There are points and moments in time where what we're actually doing is casting aside things that are no longer appropriate. Could be any one of the seven deadly sins, and some of you will know that phrase and some of you won't, but let me read them to you. Pride. Greed. Lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. Our efforts to hand these things over to God are give up moments. Do you know those seven deadly sins have equally powerful counterparts? It's pride versus humility, it's greed versus generosity. It's lust versus chastity or purity. It's envy versus gratitude 
or kindness. Gluttony versus moderation or self-restraint. I just wish they sold wagon wheels in smaller packets. Because I figure, you know, there's six or eight in a packet. You might as well eat them all at once. Ruth goes, don't eat them all at once. You know, you'll put on weight. I'm going to eat them all sooner or later. I might as well do it now. <laughs> anyway, that's something to do. That's not gluttony, is it? Gluttony, the wagon wheels don't fit in that category. <laughs> Wrath or anger versus patience. Sloth versus diligence. Giving up can be good. And we're applauded as we give up. But as we give up, we indicate the beginning of a whole new battle. When you're giving up any one of the seven deadly sins in whatever form it takes itself in your life, you are signifying you're up for a fight. Don't think that you can give these things up and that they'll have no hold on you. Don't think that you can give these things up and it will go well for you and easy for you. It won't. You're, you're putting your hand up and you're saying, I'm going to fight with you. I'm going to fight and I'm going to keep fighting with you. That's what you're saying to those things. So my message today is really quite simple, and we're going to go through a few passages of Scripture in a moment. But the first is this, give yourself up to God. The second thing is this, give your anxiety to God. And the third is this, give up your sins to God. Ephesians 6 verse 12 says this, Jared read it earlier. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly, heavenly realms. You must understand there is a battle going on. And whether you want to be in the battle or not, you're in the battle. It's like you're playing Wayne in table tennis or tennis, and Wayne is going to keep playing whether you want to play or not. He's going to play until he wins putting myself in the wrong side but anyway <laughs> Hebrews 12 verses 1 to 3 says this therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us throw off everything that hinders and sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We're all in an arena, but in the arena we're being applauded. Every time you give up something that you ought not to be holding on to, you're handing it over to God, but you're you're continuing in a fight. And there's a cloud of great witnesses it speaks about in Hebrews that are watching on. But the reality is this. It's not just the, those that have gone on before, but it's those that are here now. The people around you are applauding you as you fight in the battle that you're fighting in. Don't think that you're fighting by yourself. You're not. There are others watching on, cheering you on. Deuteronomy 20 and verse 3 says this, 
he shall say, hear, hear, hear Israel. Today you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not panic or be terrified by them. You are in a fight. You're in a battle. But don't let the battle weary you. Don't let the battle make you faint-hearted. Don't let the battle scare you. Because the reality is this. You may be in a battle, but God is on your side. Just as Israel had God on their side from time to time. So you're in a battle and God is on your side as well. The only reason God wasn't on their, on their side all the time was often they rejected him. And I want to say to you today, and I know it's not nice, but too often we reject God while we're in the midst of the battle. We think we can do it in our own strength. We think we can do it by ourselves, but we can't. Just give up. Just give up your pride. Just give up your ambition. Just give up the things that are making you somehow push to get the outcome you want by yourself. 1 Timothy 1, 18-19 says this, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well, holding on to the faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected, and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. Hold on to the faith that's been planted. You may say, I haven't got much faith. No, you've got enough because God has planted faith deep within your hearts. All you've got to do is recall it. Remember, it's there. It's not something you did yourself. It's not an accomplishment that you achieved. It's something that's been given to you, granted to you. And all you've got to do is take that which has been planted in you and continue to fight. Acts 20 and verse 24 says this, and Paul says this, he says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of grace. Revalue your life. There are some things worth fighting for and some that are not. Work out those that you'll give yourself to. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says this, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run? But only one gets the prize run in such a way as to get the prize. You're in a race. You're in a battle. Keep going. Don't give in. Galatians 5.6-8 says this, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. I want you to do two things today. I want you to give up yourself to God. I want you to give up your pride. I want you to give up your anxiety. I want you to give up your sinful ways, but I don't want you to give up in the battle that you're facing. There's an enemy that works against you, but there's a God who is for you. And what we need to do is ensure that our mind is clear and our mind is focused. Some of you will say, but I just can't get clarity on this. I can't think clearly anymore. It's a strategy of the enemy. You know, I said before, you know, when I'm playing table tennis with Ruth, part of the battle is psychological. Part of the battle is psychological. 
and, and I will say what I need to say to get her off her game. And the goal is so that I can win. Don't you think the enemy works exactly the same way? All he wants to do is get you off your game so that he can take you down the path that he wants to take you on. And sadly, that results in destruction. I give up. I give up to God. I want you to give up this morning as well. Will you stand together with me and we're going to pray. Father, our pride says that we have everything we need to win. But our, our humility knows the truth and that we can only win by standing with Christ. My prayer today, Father, is as we stand together in this place, as that you would help us to give up where we need to give up and that you would help us to persist or to endure where we need to endure. Where we need to uh, give up sin, help us to give up sin. Where we need to give up ambition, help us to give up ambition. Where we need to give up pride, help us to give up pride. Ultimately, Father, we want to give our lives completely to you. Our prayer is simply that you would help us to do that in a way that honors you. Father, we know we're in a battle. We're in a battle every day. It's a psychological battle. It's a spiritual battle. It's a battle against principalities and powers. it's It's a battle that we're not equipped to overcome in without Christ. And so today, Father, what we say is we want to give ourselves up to you afresh. That as we enter into the battle, we might do so with the strength, the wisdom, and the direction that you give us. We want to, like uh, as Jesus said in Matthew 24, Father, we want to endure to the end. And we know that we can do that with your strength on our side. Father, we commit ourselves to you again today. In Jesus' mighty name. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including our service times and live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.